0: Well, we are going to be in Psalms this morning. You can start flipping over to Psalms 32. Uh, Today's message is be blessed. It's hard to follow up be humble uh, with be blessed because those two may or may not work hand in hand. But it's hard to be blessed if you're not being humble. (laughs) Amen. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blesses is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not antiquity, and in whose sin is covered, not by the covering of sin, but of the confession to the Lord is his sin covered. This morning, as we consider what our psalms is saying, let's also consider what it means to be blessed. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to uh, fellowship with other Christians, to fellowship with uh, those that would be here to... Uh, worship you and just to hear your word lord i pray that you'll be with these services as we look into what it means to be blessed that we understand what that means to be blessed and uh, lord i pray that you'll just be with these uh be with this uh the folks that are here this morning that the word that is preached is your word it's not my word that it that it falls on it falls on the hearts of the believers and that we can take that word with us as, as we go out this morning lord i just thank those that are here that are willing and Uh, To be humble, to be here in your house, to fellowship, and uh, just to be here in your presence to worship you, Lord. We just thank you for your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Psalms 32, and we'll be in verse 1. We're going to go ahead and start uh, reading all the way through, and then I'll point out some some particular words in our study this morning. But starting out in Psalms 32, verse number 1, Says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I keep silence, my bones wax old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hands was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sins, Say law. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh to him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. law, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as a horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord shall have uh, mercy, shall compass about him or him about. Sorry. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. In our text, we find three words that I really want to point out, three words that describe man's sin against God. Those three words are transgressor, sin, and iniquity. And then the Hebrew the Hebrew word for transgressor, what that means is uh, pesha. It means to revolt or to deliberately break away from God. That word for sin is hata, which means to come short of or to miss the mark, if you will. God gives a standard, we have missed that mark. And then the Hebrew word for iniquity is awan, and that means twisting, crookedness, perverse, and distortion. David praised God, and he blessed God, because his deliberate revolting, and I say deliberate, and we'll get into why I say deliberate, but when we sin, especially as children of God, more times than not, it's deliberate. We know better. We know between right and wrong, yet we've chosen to do it anyway. So David praised God and blessed God because his deliberate revolting against God had been forgiven. Taken away, like our text indicates, it was covered. So not that David covered the sin, that his sin was covered. Although he had deliberately broken away or broken away from God, falling short of the mark of life, although he walked in perverted a perverted and crooked path, he found forgiveness of his sins after a period of wandering away from God. When he found forgiveness from God, his sins were blotted out, covered, and the joy of salvation re-entered his soul. You remember David says, restore unto me that joy of salvation. You know, when we are ah, we are transgressing or we're in sin or we're in iniquity, there is quietness in our soul. There is stillness in us. We're not seeing God face to face anymore. That relationship is Tainted or broken because we've deliberately broken that. And David is saying, Restore to me that store that joy of salvation, that joy when we called him into our lives, when we when we confessed our sins, and they were blotted out. They were cleansed. We were freed from that burden of sin at that point. And David is crying out to the Lord because he had walked away deliberately. He had done something that he knew was absolutely wrong. And he went ahead and did it anyway. And that relationship between him and God were now no more. He didn't see God face to face. He wasn't being blessed face to face as God would have blessed him. He wasn't being used as God as God would have used him. Because he Deliberately sinned against God Turn your Bibles to Second Samuel Keep your place here in Psalm Psalms till. We'll be back uh, We're going to be in Second Samuel uh, Chapter 11 uh, This is a story that you all know very well But I kind of want to point it out again uh, What we're dealing with and, and I'll get into a little bit more Why we're dealing with What this sin means Little sin, big sin Sin is sin, right? Sin is sin. So in Second Samuel chapter 11, starting out in verse number 2. <clears> 2 <throat> ch- uh, Samuel verse, or chapter 11, verse number 2 says, And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers. Let me stop there for a minute. He inquires about this beautiful woman that he sees. And they tell him, Isn't that Bathsheba married to Uriah? I think that's a valid point. Someone told him who she was. Verse number four, and David sent messengers and took her. Deliberately, he deliberately he sent somebody because of his position he could do that. He sent somebody. Verse four, and David sent messengers and took her, and she came into him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned to her house, and the woman conceived, and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was coming to him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house. And there followed him a mess of meat from the king. Uriah, but Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and went not down to the house. And when they told David saying Uriah went not down from the house, David said, Uriah, comest thou not from my journey. Why then did thou not come down to thy house? And Uriah said unto David, the ark and Israel and Judah abides in the tents. And my Lord Jab. And the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? And thou livest as thy soul liveth. I will not do this thing. And David said, to Uriah, tarry here today also and tomorrow, and I will let thee depart. So Uriah bowled in Jerusalem that day and tomorrow. We'll pause there for a minute. And just picture what Uriah is saying there. He's talking about the men of war, so to speak. They're out there fighting this bat- this battle, sleeping out in the wilderness, living a rough life, fighting this war. David calls him back and says, come on, i got a bunch of barbecue for you. We're going to live it up. He says... Should I just come to my house and just forget that we're having this war? That my people are out here suffering, fighting this war for you? He says, I won't do that. Not even to go visit his wife. That's commitment to that army, right? That's commitment to the army. Verse 14. And it came to pass in the morning, and David wrote a letter to Joab, and sent it by the hand of Uriah. He had wrote the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle And retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass when Joab observed the city, and that he assigned Uriah into the place where he knew uh, knew that the violent men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Jab, and there fell some of the people of the servants, and Uriah the Hittite died also. You talk about a sin of sins, right? David, a man after God's own heart, Takes another man's wife, calls a man out of battle, sends him to the hottest part of the battle, and has the army retreat so that he can get killed. Transgression, sin, iniquity. It was deliberate, perverted, and most certainly did he miss the mark of life. A life of a man that God had blessed, a life of a man that God had called a man after his own heart, a life of a man who had conquered giants, he had slayed lions, he had beaten armies, yet he fell short. A couple of years ago, while witnessing to a man, uh, I was working out in West Texas on a project out there, and I asked this man about his salvation uh, and what that meant, and We went on and we talked about God. Oh, I believe in God. Uh, We talked about Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And I asked him, what's stopping him? What's stopping him from being saved? He says, I've just done too much wrong in my life to be saved. I said, you understand that there's a heaven and hell. He says, I understand that. I said, you're okay going to hell? He said, I am. He believed that he'd done so much wrong in his life that Jesus would not forgive him. We have people that believe that. We have a world that believes that. It's sad to think that little sins can be forgiven, big sins can't be forgiven. I think it's sad to think that because God says, All ye, all ye. Sin is sin that doesn't make it right that doesn't make one sin better than the other one certainly we think some things are worse than others you know that's the flesh thinking that God sees sin as sin so I asked that man I said you're okay with that he said I'm okay with that I didn't want to let this man go just believing that so a couple weeks passed by and he'd gotten sick really sick maybe God was telling him something I don't know and I said, I don't want to let you go. I want to give you this track. And I said, I'm going to give you this track. This track was how to get to heaven from anywhere. He said, I'll read it. I haven't talked to that man since. I haven't seen that man, that man since. But I, I pray that Jesus will lay into him and let him know that you you can be bad, but you can also turn around and you can be blessed. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to convince people of the truth, the truth that sets us free. Yet God hates sins, but he loves you more. God hates sin, but he loves you more. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you, for that sin. I told that same man, I said, I'd asked him, I said, you know, what about that challenge? You know, he believes he also has time. I got time. He wasn't saying that when he was sick. I said, you know that Jesus saved a man right there on the cross next to him? (laughs) A guy that was was getting persecuted, sentenced to death right there next to him? You got time until you have no more time. That may sound a little cliche-ish. You have time until you run out of time. And when you run out of time, there is no more time. You're stuck with that choice. Here we have a man who deliberately sinned against man, not against man, but against God. He took another man's wife, had him killed, bore a child, and walked away from God. He turned his back on God. He fled from God who saved him from many trials, from many tribulations, from many persecutions. Yet he found time uh, to listen when man humbled himself. This is God talking to David. He found time to listen to this man. The guy that had turned his back on him, who had committed this atrocious sin, who had had somebody murdered, killed, took his wife, slept with her, had a child with this woman. God listened to him. It's it's amazing. God hates sin, but he loves you more. He found time to listen when the man humbled himself and was sorrowful. Lord, it's hard to be humble. Amen? He found time when the man humbled himself, restoring himself, turning away from that sin, repenting. David praised God because he had been forgiven. David rejoiced because his sins were covered, that they went away, that they were removed. His relationship is now restored with God. Amen? that turning away from that sin because he had deliberately done it is now restored because he humbled himself and came back to God. He repented of those sins and he came back to God. Turn your Bibles over to 1 John. 1 John, chapter 1. 1 John, chapter 1, verses 7-9 through says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from how much sin? All sin. Not just that little itty bitty one that you committed. All sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Lord, it's hard to be humble. I'm stuck with that song there, (laughs) fuzzy. I think about that in my own life. I didn't go and steal this man's wife. I didn't go and have her husband killed. I didn't have another child. I got one. One's enough. I got two, but only one's here. But you think about that in your own life that you were not saved until you came to Jesus. You were not saved until you confessed those sins. You were not saved until you asked him into your heart. God had not imputed sin against him any longer. That guilt could now be restored to joy. Through his sins, he had lost that joy of salvation. But through through his confession, through his repentance, his joy of salvation was restored. Turn over back to Psalms 32, if you kept your place there. Psalm 32 and verse number three. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was turned into the drought of summer. law. Verses three and four describe his misery. His misery that he had. David explained that as he kept silent, his bones waxed old um, through his uh, days and nights of his restlessness. His his guilt was more than he could handle. His guilt was more than he could bear. He he was sweating profusely as he talked about the moisture turned into drought in his bed he had sweated it all out this guy was going through self-torment at this time god was implying on him because he had broken that fellowship he had deliberately sinned against god he had committed one of the worst i'll say worst sins that there is sin of sin sin of sin and God wore on him and wore on him and wore on him. His guilt was more than he can bear and his sorrow deepened with every day that he had delayed. Verse number five. And I acknowledge my sin unto the end. my iniquity have I not hid. At this point, he's not hiding it anymore. God already knows. God's wearing him down. He already knows that's it. But he's waiting for David to turn around and get right. He said, I have not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sins. Selah. Amen. Immediate change to David and his mindset. He confessed, God forgave. He said, I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my sin to thee. He stopped trying to hide it. He stopped trying to avoid it. He stopped trying to run from it. And he said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, "He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth uh, confesseth and forsaken them shall have mercy." David rejoiced because his burden fell off immediately when he confessed it, and the Lord had mercy. Amen. Verse number six, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in the time when thou mayest be found. Surely the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh to him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me. Uh, compass me about with songs of deliverance say law like david every sinner is an example every sinner has a testimony every sinner has a story to tell and every christian that has confessed to the lord jesus has a has to thank him and has a song to sing about him we have a testimony man that song was just about right on time wasn't it funny man you don't think god was working here today amen Lord, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> Might sing that all day long. You never know. Oh, here's my ear quotes. Very funny.
1: <laughs> we have
0: a walking testimony living inside of us because your sin, no matter what that sin was, no matter how bad you think that sin was, that sin has been washed away, it has been covered. By the Lord Jesus Christ. You turned away from that sin. You accepted his forgiveness. He accepted your forgiveness. That would be better, wouldn't it? (laughs) You know what I was going. You know what I meant. We have a story. We have a testimony. We are living, breathing testimony of what God has done and what God is doing in our lives if we'll only allow it to happen. Like David, every sinner is that example. Verse number 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou, which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be not as a horse or a mule. Boy, I love this. Which have no understanding. Whose mouth must be held with a bit and a bridle. Lest they come near unto me. Do not be a horse or as a mule which have no understanding. Which is to say, don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. Don't be like the mule that has to be bridled because it will not follow or obey. God makes it so easy. He says, come. How difficult is that? Come. He shouldn't have to lead you to the water. Right? God's observance in our life is to see whether or not we can follow willingly, but gives reference to those who fail and how their lives will be compared. Verse number 10. Many sorrows shall be... To the wicked. But he that trusts in the Lord. Mercy shall encompass him. Many sorrows to the wicked. Those that refuse to be led. Those that have to be drugged to the trough. To drink the water. Are not going to be happy. They are not going to like the outcome. When the end comes. Right? But those. That trust. In the Lord. Mercy. Mercy. Those who says I will, mercy. Those that say, forgive me, mercy. Those that ask Jesus in his life, mercy. Those who don't, what's it say? Sorrow. Sorrow. You offer me a plate of this and a plate of that. (laughs) Sorrow or mercy, man, feed me up with the mercy. I don't need no more sorrow. Sorrow is those without Jesus. If you ain't got Jesus, you got a plate full of sorrow. Amen? In conclusions, verse number 11. I say in conclusions, but we got another page to go. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy all that are upright in his heart. If you are not righteous, if you are not right with God, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of restoration. Romans 3.10, and don't flip through all these unless you want to write them down. If you want to flip through them later. If you don't know the Romans road, we're going to get there. 3.10 says, as is it written, there are none righteous, no, not that one, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. There's not a little sin. There's not a big sin. All have sinned. He doesn't isolate the difference between sin, that this is not forgiven. It says, all have sinned, all have fallen short. All who confess. Romans 5.8, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10.9-13 That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. How much easier does it get? For the man to sit there on top of this mountain and say, I've done too much wrong. God won't save me. Well, you're right. Until (laughs) Lord, it's hard to be humble. Until you humble yourself and call upon the name, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You're right, he won't. You've done too much bad until. Right? If you will confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thine heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with thy mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. How easy is that? How easy is that? For Scripture saith, "Whoever, "...whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whoever still should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." All, not just the good sinners. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You've got a choice to make. You get heaven, you get hell. You get a plate of sorrow, you get a plate of mercy. What do you want? That choice is up to you. Ephesians 2. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is not a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't work for it. You can't buy it. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. But by mercy, you can have it. By mercy, you can have it. First Corinthians 15 1 Corinthians 15.1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which... Also are you saved, you, you keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Many people playing church today, many people show up to get their little gold star, or their little check mark and says, I went to church today, I've been good today. That don't make you saved. Believing in Jesus Christ, calling upon Him, makes you saved. By His mercy makes you saved, not because of anything that we could do, For I delivered unto you first of all which I have received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that He was buried, and that He rose again, and on the third day according to the Scriptures. You must realize that you're a sinner and in need of a Savior, because you cannot, you cannot save yourself. You can do nothing except for, except His plate of mercy. That is it. He is alive today. Trust him. Don't wait. There is we are not promised tomorrow. The then doors may open and we may walk out, and that may be the last time we get to come back. Every day we are one day closer to retirement. Amen. Some of us that may seem like a long time. Every day we are one heartbeat, we are one step, we are one blink of an eye, we are one day closer to meeting Jesus face to face where he will say sorrow or mercy. You made your choice. Every day. Every second. In some of our cases. 2 Corinthians 6.2 tells us that now... Is the accepted time for salvation. As we call up Brother David for our song of invitation, if you have something unconfessed, if you have something that needs to be dealt with, bring it to God. If you've lost, if you've deliberately turned from God in that sin, bring it to Jesus, bring it to the altar, get that fellowship straight. If you don't know that your final home is heaven, do not leave this place today. Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Get that right before you leave here today. Amen. Brother David.